0: Father, I just thank you so much for um, your um, incredible faithfulness. And Father, as we um, come to a conclusion of the actual teaching component of our time in First Peter, Father, we can't help but um, acknowledge that uh, we desire to be faithful because you are faithful. And that um, as a result of that, we can... Um, have um, the ability to stand firm in the grace of God and to know that you have full dominion over all things in all places across all continents across all worlds across all people across all uh, situations across all circumstances um, and across all time periods and Father we thank you that um, we can have peace that passes understanding, um, to be able to live in the midst of uh, any and all things. Father, may these truths reverberate in our hearts as we look into your scriptures this morning, and may you solidify in our souls our ability to steady on, to glorify you in the midst of it. May you use our hearts that have been shaped and molded to your will to accomplish your purposes, this world, In his name. Amen. <laughs> well, just a quick uh, review of kind of where we've come from, where we're at, where we're going. Um, uh, we have uh, today's time together, and then we have. Um, we'll finish up the actual text of First Peter um, today, well, hopefully, <laughs> um, and then um, use the words Lord willing, um, and then. Uh, um, have the opportunity next week we 're going to do a full review of of first Peter together um, i I was going to break us up into teams, but I think we 'll just uh go through that together and uh, part of what i 'm going to be looking for is uh, to the extent that you 've been able to be here during this time great um, what i 'd like you to do is just you know look through your notes a little bit and kind of reminisce and, and think through, um, because what I want to do, w- what we're going to do is we're going to come in, we're going to just literally read it from front to back, all the way through, kind of get the, you know, so many times you're in the in the weeds, you don't get the context or the overall arching context, right? So let's, let's read it all through together, and then what we're going to do is we're going to talk through observations, uh, themes, big pieces of what you've heard, seen, We studied, and then last but not least, at the end of our time, we're going to discuss um, kind of our own the application that God has been kind of uh, gelling and working in our own personal lives as it pertains to like how am I being transformed by these words? How what is what about the way I think is being you know um, made different? And how has, might that have actually manifested itself in each of our lives during this time, um, and/or uh, in preparation for the future? Does that make sense to everybody? I'm excited about it. It'd be great. Um, so that's through next week. We will then take um, three weeks weekends off: uh, the 22nd, the 29th, and then the 5th. Give us a little bit of a, a break, and then um, we will start up with Second Peter in january on January twelfth uh, D- David and I have literally taken every little segment of time and uh, figured out how we will get Second Peter up and down and finished before the summer break um, huh won't happen. <laughs> I always am very hopeful and he's the pessimist. <laughs> yeah. The problem is he's more of a realist. <laughs> but uh I will fulfill my end of the bargain. How's that? <laughs> um so that's our goal, Lord willing. And uh since we're starting up Second Peter after the um in in the new year, um, I just encourage you all to also invite other people, and and to the extent that you are able to encourage other people to be involved in you know the Equip Hour, um, um, I certainly encourage you to do that. Yeah, just to build on that too is that Peter is a type, yeah. you know just a total starting point. It for is. Someone to, you know, I, I think of some of mm-hmm. the uh, building a veteran. It is that. It's like how to how to understand and. And uh, um, clearly see uh, false doctrine. And so it's like really jugular to um, one's faith in Christ. So, any other thoughts on that? Um, Well, good. Well, let's get started. Um, I asked you to take a look at this while you were waiting. Um, So, um, we're going to cover most of these uh, questions in our time together um, uh, today. So, we are in the closing time. Our, Our time today will be looking at 12 verses 12 through 14 of chapter 5, so if you want to turn there, that'd be great, Um, and uh, uh, finish that up. Um, So, I uh, want to bridge from where um, uh, David left off last time, and uh, as a result, um, I'd like to uh, turn your attention to what, he covered in our time before. Uh, let's go to chapter uh, 5, verses um, 5 through 11. And in this section, um, if you remember, they um, took a couple of weeks and um, went through um, eight different, uh, really, outcomes. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll suggest seven outcomes and one kind of holistic, overall, arching outcome, um, which... Um, uh, really, I think crystallize, you know, some of the purposes that God has for us in in, in going through trials and and suffering. And uh, let's start in verse five. Verse five, and uh, uh, here in verse, the beginning of verse five, what we see is he says, "You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders." And so this first one we saw was this outcome of um, submission, to submit as young men to those who are um, older in the faith to us, uh, more spiritually wise to us, and to put ourselves in a, in a, in a, uh, a position underneath um, their leadership. Um, in, our, in 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 the church in our lives um, and, and and this level of accountability I'm finding more and more and more and more and more as I do more and more and more and more counseling is like uh, just such a critical component because there's this attitude of the heart that that shows through when a person doesn't want to be in submission and it's it's a it's a concerning thing um, because they are out there kind of on their own just. And they're probably going to make all, a lot of these mistakes that they didn't have to make if they were in a listening mode, as opposed to you know thinking that they're independent mode. And it's uh, just a uh, just a sidebar comment on that because I just feel like you know the the book the, the book of Proverbs is just so replete with like um, listen, listen. Listen to the counsel. Listen to wise counselors. Listen to your counselors. You know, listen to those who you believe are are godly around you. Um, let them speak into your life. Um, and so, I, I just to comment on that. Second is uh, he goes on to say, um, <clears throat> and all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another for the. God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. And so the second one here is um, humility. Humility. And uh, it's it's building on the first one, but it's taking it to another level. And <clears throat> this just statement, or I guess it's a quote if you would, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Um, you know when when I think about my life and my uh things where God has had to break me personally it's it's in the brokenness where I find the presence of God, and he doesn't he he says he doesn't dwell any place but the third heaven and um those who who are broken and so i want to i want I don't want brokenness to be a milestone in my life I want brokenness to be The part of the way I live in my life, Um, because I want to dwell with God, I want to experience His uh, intimacy with Him, His presence, on a day by day, moment by moment basis. And I've just concluded so many times now that, like, I can't, if I'm not in that state of mind, if I'm I'm not in that place, then, then I'm not experiencing, you know, the presence of God like I really could or should. And he says when we're in that state, he's going to lift us up. Um, He's going to lift us up. And uh, the next one here is uh, self-control. Self-control. Look at the beginning of verse 8. He says, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Um, You could call it soberness. You could call it alertness. You could call it drinking the coffee. You You could call it a few different things, right? But it's... It's really the self-control, it's the it's, it's discipline of heart and mind that keeps one's focus in the game, if you would. Um, and and is, I'll call it self-awareness, it's, it's what's happening around me from a spiritual dimension of what God, God's doing. I, the way I always try to get to this place is asking myself the question in any given moment, any given time, like where's God in all this? Where's God in all this? Like, there's something i I might be missing. Like, what's happening? Um, does that make sense? Like, like to to ask myself that question. Eight um, B, um, he says, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Uh, to devour. So this concept of vigilance, or um, Keeping aware of what the adversary is doing, the enemy is doing at all times. Having that mindset of of watching, you know, all the time. You know, I uh, this this concept of v- vigilance is is uh, give you an example of that. Um, what it's not, and and because it's not, it could be a good thing. But I, and I'll bring that out later. But our dog is. Uh, um, uh, Oh gosh, with Border uh, Border Collie, and just a really big one. And uh, um, when when I have a ball, if I have a ball in my hand, there is no other thing that that dog is focused on. I move the dog here, his head goes, here, her head goes here, I go here, it goes there. I mean, I could do anything, anything around that dog could be happening. <laughs> there is no taking her eyes off of that ball wherever it goes. And uh, you know, on one hand you know, uh, she's vigilant about the ball. On the other hand, it's like she's lost it completely about all the things around her that's happening. Um, so don't give her a command while she's got, while you got the ball in it you do something else. Um, and same way, you know, uh, you know, do we have our eye on the ball f- You know, from the standpoint of what really matters most and, uh, in our lives. So then he goes on to say, verse 9, but resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. First of all, what what a great um, what a great um, thing to to know that I'm not alone in the things I'm going through in in my life for for Christ. Um, what a great thing to know that there are others around the world this day who are navigating the exact same thing that I'm going through. You know, Paul says in Corinthians, he says that um, no temptation, no trial has to undertaken, but such that God is faithful, and He will, with that, give you a way to escape. But He's saying, like, all others have gone through the same thing you're going through, um, and that that to me gives me um, confidence and strength. But He says, uh, resist him. Any thoughts about like this resisting? What, what does that look like? Do you think? What are just some ways that you resist the adversary? Okay. Yes, very much so. Thank you, Mary. I mean, I think that's a key thing. Is to, you know, um, Paul talks about in, in first, first Corinthians ten. Is like take every thought captive. Like, right? I always find these like loose thoughts going out here. Like, you know, it's like, whoa, that's not a good one. You know, better. Button that one down and you know put it back in the you know in, in where it should be. Um, uh, so that's a really good one. But but the other one too that you brought up, which is um, just you know going through scripture because scripture are the promises of God, right? Moody, yeah. Help you yeah. Uh, orient your thoughts around virtual things. Good. Any other thoughts? Yep. Just text or calls that he today. Yep. No, exactly. No. No, you have one another's backs. I know for myself, like I'm in a number of counseling setting sessions, and like one of my key things is like if you start to think wrongly, like you you call me, you know, call call my phone right now. You know, it doesn't matter when it is. Like let's talk. You know, um, let's have a conversation about it. Um, it just God's faithfulness, steadfastness of just and it just spared you through something that you, you never saw to do verbally, <laughs> mentally, and Amen. so it's... it's that would, yeah, but it's, yeah, so. yeah. Well, we're going to talk more about that today. I, I actually want to give you five ways to stand firm in your life. Um, so we'll talk more about that. Um, and he enters into verse 10 where he says, And after you have suffered for a little... Um, the God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, establish you. So this is that incredible hope. You know, this 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 jumps back to you know chapter one. You know, where he talks about our living hope. He says He will do this after you've suffered only a little while. That to me is great hope. It's great hope. I mean, if I don't, I have no line of sight to when this is going to finish. Um, I, I tend will tend to kind of lose my my hope, but yet um, he says it's only a little while, and he said and he reiterated that if you remember in in chapter one, and he says that the process here <laughs> is going to complete us, re- equip us, restore us, confirm us, establish us, build us up, strengthen us, bring us to full maturity, and 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 complete us. That's those are kind of the fulfillment components of what it means to go through and become more like Christ. That's really what he's saying, right? And then he finishes number um, eight here, which is really, we said, is kind of an overall arching stone that, that is all-inclusive in our lives in verse 11, where he says, uh, as a result of this, as a, I, if I were to add in, right, as a result of this, okay, to him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So this concept of dominion let me just touch on it for a second um, and uh have you take a look at a couple verses here that I think were are valuable um let's first of all the word dominion uh, actually is there's it's in the scriptures 32 times in the scriptures and if you can believe this 10 of the 32 are actually in Daniel which tell I mean that's just really significant to me okay but start a couple of verses. Let's take a look at these just really quickly as we get started. First Chronicles twenty nine eleven. First Chronicles twenty nine eleven. <clears throat> Somebody read that out loud. Yours Lord is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours Lord is the kingdom. Are exalted as head over all. Amen. Yours is the dominion, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. You are great, your power, your glory, your victory, your majesty, and it's the indeed everything that's in the heavens and earth. Um, too many times we forget this. Too many times we forget that God is 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 is, is almighty, if you would. Um, to Daniel, Daniel seven fourteen. Daniel seven fourteen let us remember the end. 7.14, anybody? Then to him was given dominion but all peoples, nations, and languages. dominion is an everlasting dominion. not pass away. And his kingdom one, which shall not pass away. And then 27, David? Then the kingdoms and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people. I. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. All dominions shall serve and obey. Amen. So this is the dominion of God. It is all pervasive. It is all, all. It is across all things. It is across everything. And He is the one who is architecting and building His kingdom. Remember, He said, "Like I'm going to do this, and nobody's going to stop me." And you know, I love the uh, Old Testament passages. Nothing can thwart the hand of God. Nothing can thwart the hand of God. Nothing. And so we we need to remember this as we. You know, as we break out at the end of this, these seven here, and, and the whole book, you know, in in worship, um, it is um, reiterating. Go back to First Peter; it's reiterating what he says in chapter four, verse eleven, where he says, um, "And through Jesus, Christ, uh, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ." And then he says again, "To whom he belongs," and he adds, "the glory and the dominion forever and ever." Amen. So, let us not forget how important, you know, the dominion and the glory of God are in our